Welcome to Germany vs. USA. Alex, I see you're packing. Yes, packing for Spain, where they speak Spanish. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. German. This depends German. where where you go in Spain. Yep, <laughs> yep. just to take the audience uh, uh, back into the loop, I'm... I'm going on like a vacation and I'm taking the car to go to Mallorca, which is a kind of uncommon. Usually you would, you know, fly to Mallorca, but I'm taking the car, driving for two and a half days and then taking a ferry from France to the 17th Bundesland to Mallorca. So before we get into that epic decision to actually drive and ferry, like it's 1784, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> he, he, he used to date me after 1776 on purpose, right? <laughs> Maybe. Before it was fine, but after not. <laughs> I have a question because just to paint the picture right now, I can see Alex in his media room, suitcases laid out, getting ready yep. to pack. And I want to know the spouse dynamic of packing for a trip and planning for a trip. Well, here's here's the fun detail that makes it so much easier. Um, this has been the most relaxed packing experience ever because my wife, she's always a little bit stressed. And well, for her excuse, I'm like a last, like late last night packer. So I okay. pack my stuff like the night literally the night before I leave. I need to me, that's like the travel experience, kind of like just the thrill of like building up to it. So I never like take out the suitcase, even like two days before it needs to be the night before I leave. Even if I leave it for the morning, it doesn't matter. It needs to be at night, like at 10, 11, I start packing. But in this case, actually, cause uh, my wife still has like an important appointment. She will fly in on Tuesday and I will be driving with a friend of mine. So right now the packing experience is just for me. And so I'm leaving tomorrow morning. I haven't touched a thing yet. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I don't know, man. I, My wife and I, I think, complement each other pretty well in traveling. She's really great at the day, like where we're going. These are the four or five things I want to do. Not super rigid about it, just more like these are you know, the broad the strokes we're here. Yeah. The, these are the options. I'm really like i like the oh i want to go here and then figure it out a little more right and so we we mesh really well with like our planning technique and then packing she's more organized than i am she's more mm -hmm. well thought out than than i am a little better thought out i i'm not like you i don't think i i wait last minute i kind of i'm definitely night like day before mm -hmm. day before but I'm also like super particular. Like I, I already, I visualize like exactly like what I'm going to pack, how I'm going to pack it, where it needs to be. So like, I, <laughs> even though I'm not doing it, I, I have it kind of in my, in my head, but I will brag on my uh, wife and myself in this. We are not overpackers. Yeah. We are, that's good. we're, we're, we're pretty good at, this is the trip, but this is what we need. And if we have to, if we forgot something, just let it not be something critical. I tend to overpack a little bit, perhaps, but I, uh, same as you. Like I, I visualized this stuff before, and so I'm always, I always like, for instance, like I did check yesterday what kind of like clothes are like are in the laundry or need to be in the laundry. So I 
you know, did laundry so they would be, you know, done and dry by today. Because we don't have a dryer, so it actually needs like 24 hours to dry. (laughs) (laughs) So So actually, you know what I just thought of? So one of our good mutual friends, Hipster Tim. Yeah. Hipster Tim, if you're listening today, hello. Best wishes, man. (laughs) I'll never forget when you were staying with us one of the times (laughs) (laughs) in, in Nashville, Tim... Tim, I was in a band that that's had some moderate success, and they were going on a tour. So, if you like to listen to the band LL, and so Tim was just like, Tim's not a a deep planner. He, if he was sitting right here, he would he would agree. And I'm, I'm sharing a story right now for him, but he uh, he was like, yeah, I really gotta get ready for tour. I gotta get my stuff packed. You know, we're leaving at noon. I really got to do all this, 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 yeah, and this. You were super stressed. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool, man. Well, I'm about to go to, go to work. <laughs> and you were like, cool, Tim. Well, like, I know like you need to like get organized. I'm going to walk up the street, get a cup of coffee. <laughs> and Tim was just like, Oh, I'll come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome. I'll join you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, but you just said you had like 18 things you need to do. And, <laughs> and then he left for tour with wet clothes because they hadn't, <laughs> they hadn't finished drying yet. And they were, the, the, the band was like, Tim, we got a show in eight hours or whatever it was. Like, we got to get on the road now. <laughs> and he had to like lay out his like clothes in the back of the tour truck bust so they could dry. Oh, coffee sounds awesome. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So there are different spectrums of planning of packing. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Okay, Alex, you are all packed, cars in, filled up. In my mind, yes. In, in your mind. <laughs> and now you are taking this epic trip from Hamburg all the way to Mallorca via automobile. So how does that work? Um, first of all, a friend of mine is coming, which is really nice. Uh, he's going to join me uh, driving. Um, so then we're heading to visit family in Nuremberg. That will be like one day trip and spend the night. Then only for a couple hours, like three or four hours to go to the Bodensee to uh, meet, uh, you know, a good friend of ours. Uh, you know her very well. They have like a vineyard. So, and the next day is going to be like the long turn. So, you know, the Bodensee is right at the border of like Germany, Austria and uh, Switzerland. And from there, we're driving to Toulon, which is close by Marseille, like Southern France. Uh, and that's going to be like a probably like a nine hour trip. So okay, I was going to say nine hour drive. Yeah, so that's like the, the 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 long the long run basically. But it's like this scenic road from through all of Switzerland, and we all know Jim. What is Switzerland? It's just a postcard. Perfect. <laughs> and it's just an amazing drive through all of Switzerland, and then basically getting from like northern Italy uh, along the coast at the Cinque Terre, like you kind of drive by that area, which is also like a beautiful area. And then you uh, mingle into Southern France, which is also kind of, kind of nice. So, and then once we get to Toulon, then like, I think the ferry leaves in the evening and like, it takes like 10 hours overnight. Well, nice. So you get to sleep. Okay. So you'll sleep through a lot yeah. of the track on the ferry. Yeah. Yeah. I booked like a cabin with a bullseye. So I can, or, or what is it called? Like what's the window called the round window called in a, uh, in a boat, do you remember? No, I don't. Um, you said you said a bullseye. Now that's all I can. That's all uh, I can think because yeah, in in German it's bullauge. Uh, yeah, I think it's bullseye actually, like porthole. Yeah, 
Yeah, porthole. Yeah, there yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. So that works because they have different options. You can also book one without. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a little bit skirmish if I don't see outside. <laughs> it's going to be dark, yeah. but it just. And so um, then we're going to spend like I don't know, like ten hours on the ferry, and then we should arrive on Mallorca the next morning. Nothing make you relax a little bit while you're on the ferry, looking out your uh, window, like ah. Look at that Russian sub just cruising around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's he doing over here? <laughs> that's not good. No. Um, but yeah, that's the trip. Nice. So it is uncommon to take the route. However, and you're taking a beautiful route. So is it that uncommon or do a lot of Germans actually opt to say, hey, we're going to take this meandering journey down in the ferry because we'll have our own car we could like do exactly what you're doing see family uh, friends beautiful countryside or do they just hop on the equivalent think, of spirit airlines and it's like hey yeah we're going to we're going most, to party uh, probably like 98 or 99 percent are just gonna sit in a chair in the sky and <laughs> be like the <laughs> like the greek gods um they're gonna fly i mean the reason for us to or for me to take the the car was at the point when we uh, booked everything, actually, car rentals were insanely expensive. Like, it, to rent a car a day was more than 100 euros. So um, we were going to stay there for probably like 16 days or something. It's just 1,600 euros just for the car. Second reason is I am actually want to uh, bring a lot of stuff to the All house All the stuff there. you haven't packed yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's just bulky stuff. That's just like in boxes, the stuff that I ordered and like and like some tools and that I that I wanted to bring to, to do some stuff there. So that you can't really bring that on the airplane. So that's kind of handy that I can take care of that as well. And the third reason, and that's, of course, the least important reason but i'm used to when i was like young we would always drive to like france we would drive to italy you know and it would be these really long trips and at that time german cars often didn't have air conditioning so you would really <laughs> those would be in <laughs> trips like you remembered right <laughs> you remember um, yeah <laughs> um, and even though i'm not catholic it's kind of like my catholic side is coming out here for some reason, I have like a little bad conscience when I fly within Europe because I didn't really suffer through going through getting there. Right? I just sat in a had like a tomato juice and you know looked at a movie, and so I don't have experience of having having proceeded over a long like distance. And so I've always kind of wanted to to go to Mallorca like with the uh, with the ferry and. Um, Kind of for that reason, but I still like every time I fly somewhere within Europe, especially I if I fly to the S, it's fine because like then it's like a ten-hour flight or like an eight-hour flight. It sucks already a little bit. It's, it's I am suffering a little bit, but if I'm flying like like ninety minutes or like an hour to go to Rome and like you know go through the city, I'm like I'm not sure if I deserve this. <laughs> Do you have to get a permit? So for getting the car on the island, is there auto? limit or quota or anything like that or you have to pay like a fee to have your car there not that i know of so perhaps <laughs> i should check but uh, i mean Mallorca is such a big island has so many uh so many cars uh i don't think there's anything specific there are certain islands like very like small islands where they only let like a limited amount of cars on or only for the like people who live there um, but for Mallorca, that's not the case you can just uh ferry and then get your get your car there that's no problem Nice. Man, I can't wait to hear about the ferry ride. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to go through a lot of the places that you're visiting, mm -hmm. but the ferry ride, I think, will be neat. I mean, it sounds like mostly you'll be asleep for it, but you'll get up at least in the morning, have breakfast, and 
you know, yeah. arrive. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be a good, a good experience. My name is Alex. I'm sitting in Hamburg, Germany, and on the other side of the microphone, on the almost the other side of the planet, is Jim sitting in Nashville, Tennessee, and we talk about everyday differences between the German and the American culture. And Jim, you sent me Germany smoking those left-handed cigarettes, and then a link. So I, I had no idea what like a left-handed cigarette is but then i looked at the link and i saw the word cannabis legalization in there so i kind of figured probably means you know smoking pot i guess yes so slang here I mean, i'd say maybe old slang which i don't even know if people use it anymore but they used to call it like a joint like a joint marijuana joint a left-handed cigarette. Jo no idea joint. why. A joint sounds like a word from the 90s for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? Uh, a blunt, I guess. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, so left-handed cigarettes, man. Y'all are um, considering legalizing weed. And but Yeah, uh, it, it's probably going to be legalized because the uh, current government that got into power like in, was it like December, I think, they they got their, their stuff in order and form the government um that was part of their contract so legalizing cannabis um then you know like ukraine happened a couple other things corona thing corona virus was still going on now we have like inflation so all these fun topics i mean it's always a good excuse for not to take action um, but i think they are preparing it right now and, and this is a national legalization right? yes yeah yeah that's in germany that's uh, uh that is uh, that kind of stuff is on federal level like on national level the the different states uh, i mean right now it's like the case in different states you have certain amounts like grams that you can carry with you but this is going to be like a federal like legalization of uh, of cannabis yeah yeah so it's interesting because here in the united states It is legal in multiple states now, and I've forgotten the number, and I've, we didn't do any research before talking about this, but <laughs> let's just say 20. That sounds like a yeah. good number of states. Uh, <laughs> um, it all started with uh, Colorado legalizing it. Um, so for, I guess to even step back, medically, there, it was legal for in a few states for a while, like California. Uh, but now, now it's legal for just general consumption. And so what makes the United States interesting is it's still illegal um, at a federal level. So it's still a scheduled hmm. one drug, meaning if you get caught by a fed with marijuana, you could, depending on the quantity that you have, uh, you can be faced with a felony charge. So if so, it's a federal like officer, then mm -hmm. you can be charged. Okay. Right. So, for example, if you're in an airport, don't want to be caught with pot. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, they're not proactively trying to find it on you. Right. They're not. And now, and, and now you know why I'm taking the car to Mallorca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, shoot. I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But so, right. Like, it's this weird situation where. It's technically illegal at a federal level, but it's mm -hmm. legal at a state level, and the feds mostly just turn a blind eye. Where this makes it more complicated is it's cash-based business. So meaning, like if you go into a dispensary to buy marijuana, you have to pay cash. 
because the federal banking system will not allow them to be on any type of, of credit system. What? So it's, yeah, so it's all, it's all cash-based, which then getting into a <laughs> next level of it, if I mean, you want to do... <laughs> just, just from, yeah, we're going to open up like a drug system, make it legally, but you can only pay cash. That doesn't sound like a good idea. <laughs> it's because it's the category of it being a Schedule One drug. So that is why it is only only for so, cash. And uh, so that... So that adds complications, right? Because yeah, 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 you can't, of course. You can't get financing. If you want to open up a business to sell pot, like you have to have the cash up front. Uh, so what you've seen is it's just like it's America, right? Capitalism <laughs> always wins. So big, big capital funds are coming in and opening up a lot of these dispensaries, stores, these brands. And they're pushing out smaller, if you would, mom and pop stores mm -hmm. who can't compete because they mm -hmm. can't raise raise the cash, right, to, mm -hmm. to do it. I don't know. I don't see it. It's hard to, to know if it will ever fully be legal at a federal level because so many conservative states are just not. They're just not you know, going to do it, right? They're yeah. not going to do it, or at least they're not going to do it soon. However... The, the data and the research on everyone's using Colorado as a case study, they, they the state of Colorado taxes their dispensaries and that money goes back into an education fund. I think from an economic standpoint, the, the business model has, has been proven. So that mm -hmm. way I could, I could see it, it shifting. But for now, it's you know, federal yeah, right. and, and states don't agree. Yeah, and, if you, and let's just assume like different drugs like tobacco and like uh and alcohol are dangerous on the same level which they probably are perhaps even more um and if you look at like how they're being taxed and how much revenue is being uh, you know you, you get from these drugs that are just openly available to anyone uh, or you know at least above a certain age then you think yeah well Why is it not with cannabis the same, right? Can you? How can you argue? And let's not not get too deep into it. But I, I think that's just it's a fair question to to ask. Alex, are you familiar with a WNBA star named Brittany Griner? No. Okay, so Brittany Griner is a professional basketball player. Uh, from United States, who is, I mean, she's an incredible athlete, very good basketball player, uh, was a star in college and has since played in the WNBA. And then when they are on off season, she has gone to Russia to play in the uh, their their league. And this is fairly common. A lot of the American stars in basketball and in and a little bit in soccer, will go go abroad to explore the opportunities. Specifically for the WNBA, they don't make as much money as mm -hmm. they would in Europe. And so a lot of and times the, they're four. The, the WNBA is the Women's National Basketball Association, right? So it's like the Co NBA correct. just for women. Yes. Yep. And so, and it's still, it's part of the NBA. And, but yeah, the, the players just don't make nearly as much money. So a lot of them are, Or take opportunities to play abroad. Well, Brittany Griner, man, this was a couple of months ago, I think right before the invasion. It might have been like a day before the invasion. Mm -hmm. It's terrible timing. 
she was arrested in Russia. And actually, this kind of ties into what we were just talking about. She allegedly had a vape pen on her being that contained THC, so like mm-hmm. a marijuana vape pen, which, and so Russia arrested her and has since detained her. Who knows if she really had the vape pen or not? Mm-hmm. That, you know, I, I don't think that was, <laughs> if they wanted to detain her, they were probably going to detain her. Well, since then, there's been slight media coverage of how do we get Brittany Griner out? Is there possibility of a trade? And so prisoner swap and a name that has been brought up over and over again is Victor Bout. Are you mm-hmm. familiar with him? No. So Victor Bout is a famous arms dealer, a Russian arms dealer who has, he's even semi-famous in the sense of he's been in pop culture. If you've ever seen the movie War Dogs, like there's, there's references of him all around. And he's just this mysterious gun runner that is pretty global. He's, and he was arrested, uh, I think a few years ago. And now the United States has him and he was trying to bring in on these weapon charges. However, so that's the, the situation. Mm-hmm. Right? So two countries and, have each other's prisoners, basically, if you, if you right. generalize well, it, right? Ba- a basketball player and a gun <laughs> runner. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, both shooting things. <laughs> yes, and, and a different for money, but on very different scales. And you know, I hope we can work out an agreement get get Brittany home. I mean, I think you know, if we have to give up this gun runner, like okay, I mean, there's other gun runners out there. It's not yeah, like yeah. it's not like we just solve 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 the problem. But when I was looking up more about Mister Bout Victor, something caught my eye that I was completely unfamiliar with, and I was then embarrassed that I was so unfamiliar with it. So have you ever heard of Esperanto, the language? Yes, that I have heard of. Okay. Explain to me like I'm five, Alex, because <laughs> I don't, th- I, I, I looked at it and I started researching it a little bit. I'm like, how have I never heard of this? I, I, I don't think I've ever heard it spoken. I've, it's never even come across my grid, or if it has, it went straight over my head. So, yeah, I think if you thought we were about to talk about Brittany Grinder and Victor Bout, <laughs> a little bit of a curveball. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm I'm not an expert on, on Esperanto, but I've come across Esperanto. I think in the '90s, I've heard, I've heard of it that it exists, and it was kind of like the. I think we talked about it like among our in our family, and there was a, like the idea to create like a kind of unified European language that is very simple to learn, has like basic structure, and is just easy adaptable for anyone. So I think it was also like, or it came up again in the nineties because um, after the Iron Curtain fell, um, the European Union began to actually form and get really close and really intense. I mean, the nineties and the two thousands was the time when Europe. I guess, grew together as a union. You know, we got the euro as our currency. And so I think also in this kind of sphere, Esperanto got more, was talked about a little more intensely as like a, as like a language for the Europeans, perhaps also. And Esperanto is actually quite old. I think like around 1900 or sometime, uh, like or 1890 or something, there was, uh, was invented by a 
someone from Poland, I think. In, I think, in the 1880s. If yeah, it's, that's so like really early. And yeah, the idea was to create like a, a universal second language uh, to communicate. And so the structure of the language is based on like mostly Romantic language. So like Italian, French, Spanish has also like some Germanic roots in there. So like, you know, like the Germ German uh, language, for instance, or like, you know, like Dutch is also like Germanic and also like some Slavic uh, influences. So have you ever heard it spoken? Have you ever been out and yeah, about? Can you, can you pick it up? Like if you heard it, you're like, oh, I know that's Esperanto. I'm not sure if I would recognize it. I don't think because you hear, you never hear it being spoken. There are so few people who who can actually speak it that it's. According uh, to Wikipedia, it is the world's most widely spoken constructed international auxiliary language. Well, you you, you know what comes in second <laughs> after. Uh, you know what comes in second after that. <laughs> Klingon because it's constructed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right I mean or maybe now something from Game of Thrones or, yeah, or yeah, Elvish yeah. or something I mean if, I, if you if you take out the word constructed then <laughs> I think you're not even getting into the top 200 probably because so few people actually speak it like among themselves um, I would have to listen to it um, perhaps you know what we're gonna we're, what we're gonna make here we're gonna plug in a couple like words we're, we'll find it on YouTube plug in a couple sentences in Esperanto and perhaps let's let's watch it right now like a brief video and then we can talk about it like after we've we've included it we just have Mr. Uh, Mr. Bout speak a few uh, <laughs> phrases to us. <laughs> Present no, no, this, uh, this is a very good deal. It's a very good deal. <laughs> Present a couple Kalashnikovs in Esperanto. Zamenhof en la deknawa yarcento kreisti unci artefaritan linguan, kiu estas mia danaska linguo. So now you heard a couple couple words from uh, from Stella speaking Esperanto. Uh, what's your impression, Jim? I, as someone who is not a linguist, I think if I just heard it in passing, I would say, "Oh, I, I think I just heard a little Spanish that didn't make sense to me." Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And it, like I'm like, wait, I don't <laughs> like what. <laughs> but then Esperanto, I, I to, Spanish, yeah. <laughs> a little Spanish that doesn't make sense to anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I like, wait a second. Um, so yeah. So hearing it, I, I guess it, I actually see now maybe more of the benefit of it helps you piece together quick conversations of, of mm -hmm. slang a little more. So I do, I can see that, see the value there, but <laughs> yeah, I just had never, it has never come across my my radar. What did, what did you think when you heard? I mean, you have more of the the ear. Yeah, I can. But as you said, to me, it also like is heavily based on like somehow like Spanish a little bit and perhaps Italian, but like in this case, a little more Spanish. I can get the gist of what is being said. Like I not word for word, but I can get like the gist because also like the 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 grammar is really like eased down. So you can kind of, and like the Romantic, like grammar and like in French and Spanish works similar actually, and Italian also a little bit. So you kind of get, get what is being said, at least the, the general idea. And, but you also like, you have this touch of like Slavic in there sometimes. That's mm -hmm. also something I'm not familiar with where I'm like, oh, that's probably like, that's the, uh, that makes it sound a little like, okay, uh, unfamiliar. But it's always been this, this, I think this, this idea that there's this language that everyone can learn easily. And I just 
checked again. There's actually only a few thousand native speakers. So it just never came really through, unfortunately. Just, yeah, I just never. You know what? I hope of the few thousand, all of them are gun runners. I just hope that's, <laughs> that's all I want. <laughs> Uh, oh, speaking of speaking of languages, I'm I'm going to plug in plug in something here because I'm I'm working on a project that also deals with language learning, uh, actually vocabulary learning specifically. And uh, in that project, we are right now looking for people for beta testers. So, if you have an iPhone and you're an active language learner in either German, English, French, Italian, Swedish, or Spanish. And actually, as a joke, we we thought about adding Esperanto. I just remember we talked about that like half a year ago to add Esperanto, but we haven't added it yet. But if you learn any of these languages and you happen to own an iPhone, you can actually test our app. And I'll put the link in the notes. And the app is called Hello World. And you will have to apply for the beta test on our website. And I will put the website in the notes. And uh, you can try it out. It's, of course, for free. It's just for us to get some feedback on on, on, on learning vocabulary and be brutal. That's my favorite thing about being yeah. a beta tester for Alex. I That's just awesome. tell him how awful things are. <laughs> Sucks ass. <laughs> I hate this. What did you do? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, just as we're talking about Esperanto. That's uh, we would, I would greatly appreciate if people helped out there. That would be awesome if you tried out our app. No, that'd be cool. And if anyone has feedback on if they dabble in Esperanto or have some stories where they've heard it spoken, I yeah. would love, I'd love to hear those. After that, shameless self-promotion i think we're wrapping it up because i got all my <laughs> i got all things checked off here because <laughs> next time we'll be recording i'll be sitting on the island and excited to leave and i'm going to ask you all about everything you hated about the fairy like the rat <laughs> chewing on your ear while you're trying to sleep <laughs> i'll send you a couple of pictures um uh, that's it for today uh, we would be thankful if you rated us uh on the different podcast platform. That's always great for us. Get some feedback. And uh, you find also the email address in the comments, in the notes. And I think that's it for today, right? Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Y'all take it easy. Cheers.